0: Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. We're kicking off a new series called Faith Forward. We're going to be spending a lot of time uh, looking at the life of Joshua. Uh, whether we go into the book of numbers which is where we're, we'll be today but I just feel like where we are as a church um, that I, I feel like we're in a season of depth and, and here's what I mean by that is I want to strengthen the roots and um, a lot of times in life when it comes to um, when it comes to growing in your relationship with God sometimes you can forget what your foundations build on and so uh, God wants us to reestablish, maybe strengthen the foundation and, the reason I chose the word faith, is be, faith forward is because that's what I cut my teeth on was faith. I don't think you can live, with, live for God without faith. I don't think you can uh, have a relationship with God without faith. The Bible says, by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourself, but it is the gift of God. So it's the grace of God, the faith of God, faith activates the grace of God. And so when you believe something, you know we all have a natural level of faith when you came in this morning, Your natural level, you didn't check the chairs, most of you didn't. You didn't check the chairs whether that was going to hold you or not. You didn't look at the screws, make sure that all the inner workings of the chair was going to work. Um, Well, you know, why is that? It's because we're all born with a natural kind of faith. Now, the faith I want to talk to you about is not a natural kind of faith. It is a faith that supersedes every law of nature, every law of physics. It goes beyond the natural realm, and it is a supernatural faith. And I believe where God is taking us as a church, it's going to require all of us, say all of us, to be all in when it comes to our faith level, when it comes to us growing in our faith. And so I'm excited about this series, and today's title is What Happens When You Have Faith. You know, I just went on a trip this week, just a couple days with my, my wife and my 8-year-old, my and we went down to Orlando, and we went to Legoland, and wonderful. It's just a great place to go. Lots of cool things to do down there. My son's probably going to be an engineer. He spent three hours building some new thing that they're going to use at NASA. That's all I can tell you. It was amazing. And uh, the point is, is that, so on our, on our way down, you know, when, how many of you travel with kids on vacation? How many of you travel with kids on vacation? How many of you drive a lot on vacations? Okay, yeah, that's great, yeah. Yeah, we pick and choose where we're going uh, based on whether we need to drive or not. And so um, we, uh, you know, there's been several times where we've driven. But, you know, when you have little kids and you're, you're all amped and you're ready to go, you get them in the car. Like I got Braxton, you know, we got to the airport and he's waiting, looking at the airplane. Like, when are we leaving? I need to know, like, what time, what time are we getting on the plane? What time are we leaving? What time are we leaving? And then when we get on the plane, I mean, we just take off. And his thing is, are we there yet? Doesn't that just drive you nuts? And you, if you're in the car, that's even worse. They're in the back seat corner. Are we there yet? Uh, no, with 50, we just, 15 minutes on the road. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And when I, when I think about that, I think about Joshua. Joshua was kind of like that. Joshua was going into territory that he had never explored before. You know, you think about his forefather, our father of faith, Abraham, the Bible says that God asked him to leave his family and his country and to go to a land that he would be shown. Well, he had to begin to walk before he was ever shown what that land would look like. Joshua, before he ever was to see the Red Sea or the Jordan River part, he had to step in the water first. There's an element of faith that goes into this thing. And listen to me, Real Life Church, as I I, I want you to understand there, I understand something this morning. We're not there yet. We're not even close to where God wants us to be as a body. We're not even close to where God wants us to be as a gathering. There's still people going to hell, so we still have a job. We still have an existence. And it's gonna take our faith. And so what happens when we have faith? Here it is, Romans chapter one, verse number 17 says this. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished, so he, this, the good news is the gospel. Jesus died for you, he buried, rose from the dead for you, and so you can be saved and become a a Christ follower and walk with God. And he says this, he says, makes us right in his sight, this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. Another translation says the just shall live by faith. In other words, accomplished from start to finish, when you became a Christ follower, it was by faith. If you're going to finish this thing, it's going to be by faith. It's not going to be by your plan. It's not going to be by your five-year plan because let me tell you something right now. Your five-year plan is limited to your ability. God's ability is going to have to super, super abundantly go above our five-year plan. See, it says from start to finish, as the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. You can't have life without faith. Here's another verse, uh, verse in Hebrews 11:6, 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, let me tell you something right now. Some of you have been raised in church, and you hear the word faith, and you think, uh, gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy. That's not what this message is about. This is not the faith to get something. This is the faith to accomplish what God already wrote for your life. Let me say that again. God wrote something about your life, he has a story for you, and it's the faith of God that's it's going to take for you to finish the script that he already wrote for you. So here, here faith, and without faith it, faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. There is a key there. You can't literally have faith that pleases God without a lifestyle that earnestly seeks him. In other words, you can't just sit on the couch and expect to live in faith. You can't expect to do big things for God and go all out and do the thing God wants you to do for your life by sitting on the couch hoping one day that you're going to have faith for it to be accomplished. Here's what faith is. Faith is seeing from God's point of view. Wow. Faith is seeing from God's point of view. Think about what you're dealing with. Think about your situation. Think about the dream. Think about the thing that God has placed in your heart. It's seeing from God's vantage point. Think about this. It's the alpha and the omega has given you the ability to see from his advantage point. What we do is we're kind of one-dimensional in our thinking. We're one-dimensional in our vision. We just see what's in front of us. We just see the problem we're dealing with. We just see the dream hasn't come to pass quite yet in front of us. We're kind of one-dimensional. Well, faith is seeing from God's point of view. Faith is a way of seeing. Faith is a way of seeing. literally means it's a firm persuasion that what God said he would do, he would do. Now, what faith is not? Faith is not Desire. Oh, I just desire for this to come to pass? No, faith is not desire. Desire can lead to faith, but it's not faith. It's not denial either. In other words, I'm not sick, 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 denial. In the faith realm, a lot of times, we, wanna, we don't wanna look at the scoreboard. We, wanna, we don't wanna take an actual inventory that our marriage is terrible. We want to wish it away, oh, it's going to get better, it's going to get better. No, faith is not denial. If it's bad, it's bad. If the scoreboard and you're down by two touchdowns, the only reason God wants you to not be in denial is because he wants you to live in a realm that allows you to respond to difficulty outside of what you see in front of you. Denial, it's not a feeling. Faith is not a feeling. In other words, you can't just, you're not going to feel faith. You're, you're no different than you feel love. You know, young people, I just, I, you know, you get into relationships, young folks, and I just love them. I love them. You're 12. You don't even know what love is. Love is not a feeling. Love is an action word. You don't feel love no different than you feel faith. You, feeling, it's not a Feeling. And we've been trained so well on our senses that we can't see how faith operates in our life or how faith is built. So what happens when you have faith? Hebrews 11.1 says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Everybody say cannot see. So how do you have evidence of something that you have never seen? Evidence is tangible. How do you have evidence of things you cannot see? Welcome to Faith Forward. Ephesians 1.18 says this. This was the Apostle Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesus. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened or that you may see in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. In other words, faith is is seeing from God's point of view. And God's prayer for you is that you don't live in fear, but that you live in faith. See, the Bible says this, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened or that you would see what I'm doing. See what I'm doing. So what happens when you see with eyes of fear? The opposite of faith is fear. You know what fear is? Fear is false evidence appearing real. See, there is a counterfeit in, in, to this thing called faith, and it's fear. Numbers chapter 13 and 14, I will not read the entire passage, but this is when they went in to spy out the land, and they went in to spy out the promised land, and God told 12 dudes, hey, you can go in and take the land. Well, they get over there into them hills, and they run into the, to the giants, And it's funny because it was was 10 came back with a bad report and 2 had a good report. And that was Joshua and Caleb. See, the problem is, is what we have to understand is when you you read the scripture, there's a list of everybody that was asked to go and spy out the land. Why is it there's only 2 that you can remember? We'll get into that. So the point is, this morning, is that the generation in Numbers 13 and 14, they didn't enter the promised land. They walked around for 40 years. They missed the God's purpose for their life. Why? Because they lived through eyes of fear. They saw through eyes of fear. And when we see through eyes of fear, we can't accomplish the things that God has for us. Listen, The reason the 10 were not remembered was because nobody remembers the negative guys. They remember Joshua and Caleb. So here's what happens when you see through eyes of fear. Number one, we exaggerate our difficulty. I got a lot of material because I felt like I need to teach you, there's a foundation that I have to lay in order to build on where we're going. So if you're like, I don't like taking lots of notes, I'm just gonna sit here and then just sit there. But listen, I'm gonna give you some stuff this morning that will help strengthen your faith. Fear, because most people live through the eyes of fear. Number one, we exaggerate our difficulties. Notice what it says in Numbers 13, 27 through 28. It says, this was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore and is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. In other words, they brought back these grapes that were massive. And they're, they're, they're starting off this conversation wonderfully. They're saying, it's an amazing land. It's a bountiful country. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Verse 28, but the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there to the descendants of Anak. In other words, They begin to exaggerate their difficulties. They started off well. Man, this is beautiful. It's a great country. But we encountered opposition. Listen to me. Your butt will always get you in trouble. And most people live with a butt God mentality. Numbers 13, 31 and 32 says this. The other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. That's my company. I want those kind of people around me. When we see opposition, he says this we can't go up against them. They are stronger than us, so they spread this bad report. I want people around me that are not spreading a bad report. I want the Joshua and Caleb's. And so, listen to what happened. They began to spread negativity because they were exaggerating their difficulties. They elevated the giant above their God. Anytime you elevate your problem, your dream, anything that's bigger than you above God, then you will always exaggerate the difficulty. Listen, if we're going to get anything done around here at Real Life Church and we're gonna continue to see God blaze a trail in this region and bring a freedom center to this area, we are going to go against the majority. What do you mean by that? It's easy for people to be negative. It was easy for them. Oh, yeah, there's a great opportunity over there, uh, there, there. But, 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 there's giants. You will always have to go against the majority report if you're not going to live in fear. Number two, when you see through the eyes of fear, we underestimate our own abilities. Here's what he said in Numbers 13 33. We even saw giants. The descendants of Anak, next to them we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. They didn't even have a conversation with the giants. They had so much self, they had low self-esteem that they projected their fear on everybody else. This is what was going on. They, They began to project their fear on everybody else because they didn't understand who they were. And I really believe that this is a crucial moment for the church, specifically in the United States. If we don't get back to knowing who we are in Christ, the enemy is going to continue to knock kids out of schools. He's going to continue to take over neighborhoods until the church really begins to understand who they are. And I'm not talking about being an entertainment center. I'm talking about being a freedom center that the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached. Sin is real, hell is real, but so is heaven. In other words, we don't have to walk around because they didn't even have, they had made this up in their minds. You ever done that? You had a thought and it just came. And all of a sudden you find yourself meandering on this thought. Whatever you let marinate in your mind will eventually become a part of how you see. Let me say that again. You're not ready for me this morning. Let me say that again. The more you marinate on certain thoughts, It determines how you see. If you're constantly seeing negativity, if you're constantly entertaining the bad report, guess what, that's what you're gonna see. You're gonna live in fear and not faith. Number three, what happens when you live through fear? You get discouraged. Numbers 14 says this, the whole community, listen, 10 guys brought a report. There were three million people here, and 10 guys influenced 3 million people with a bad report. It's bad reports spread like cancer. Listen to what it says it says that the whole community began to weep aloud and they cried all night. 3 million people, based on a report of 10 people, cried all night long. Because there was giants over there. Their self-esteem was so low, they saw themselves as mere grasshoppers, and here they are. They get discouraged and, got, and the enemy, through fear, begins to paralyze them in the middle of their journey. Ten people influenced three million with fear. How in the world does that happen? They got discouraged. Can you just hear three million people belly aching all night long? "Oh God, oh, they're going to kill us. Three million. Number four, when we see through the eyes of fears is we start to gripe about our lives. We murmur. Numbers 14.2 says, all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Most of the time, when it comes to the things of God, we have a tendency to point our finger at others. We murmur. This instance, they murmured against the leaders. Because it didn't look like their comfortable journey they thought they were going to go into. They thought they were going to go in and have grapes. (laughs) What a melon. All sorts of produce. And they were going into a land with milk and honey. Listen to me. The milk and honey land is available. But in order to get it, you got to conquer some stuff. Their mentality was so stricken by fear that it turned into murmuring and complaining. And they were like, Moses and Aaron, you got us into this spot. It's all your fault. You're the leaders. This is all your fault. You know what? Sometimes God's going to ask your leaders to do things in your life that's not going to make you comfortable. And that's what happened in this situation. They're like, we're not going to deal with this. We're going to take the land. Highly critical people are highly insecure people, which is dominated by fear. This group was highly insecure. They were highly critical. Therefore, they were highly insecure, and they were dominated by fear. And number five, when you see through the eyes of fear, we eventually give up and blame God. That's where we go. It says this in Numbers 14.3, why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? God had just brought them out of the Red Sea. Pharaoh was breathing down their neck. At any moment, this whole army could have been washed away and they have enough nerve to say, why did God bring us over here to die? Listen to this. Fear. Fear, and, uh, fear gives you the ability to forget What God has really done. It's a spirit that gets on you. See, we eventually get, and then he says this our wives and our little ones, he tries to throw the family into God to get God to manipulate. He said, Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Wouldn't it be better for us to return to slavery? That's what they said. Wouldn't it be better, instead of us advancing, because God said we can take the land, he told our leaders we can take the land, so let's go take the land. Instead, they begin to retract and say, it's better to go back to Egypt. It's better to go back to bondage. It's better to go back to sin. These people are delusional. You know why they like slavery so much and bondage in Egypt? I figured it out. It was comfortable. It was predictable. Every day, Pharaoh had them up early in the morning. It was predictable. This is what you're going to do. This is how you're going to do it. You're going to have a slave master over you, and you're going to do this all day long. It was comfortable for them. When God called them out of bondage, he didn't call them out to to make them feel comfortable again. He called them out to live by faith and not by fear. They wanted to go back to 400 years they had been in slavery. It was safe. Not much was required. Listen, faith Forward requires faith in God. So if you see through the eyes of fear, you will be paralyzed in your relationship with God, in the dream he's asked you to do, in the things that he wants you to accomplish. My prayer in 2020 for our church is to pray like the disciples. I'm praying that God would increase our faith. And that he would open the eyes of our heart. We're not going to sing that song. You guys remember that song? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. But we will pray that God will increase our faith and we will have the eyes to see what he is doing. So what happens when we see with eyes of faith? Number one, faith shrinks my problems. It doesn't say it gets rid of them. See, because what happens is, if we've elevated our problem over our God, and what faith does is you spend more time digesting who God is, which increases your faith to look at your problem and say that my God is bigger. Come on, somebody. That my God is bigger. Faith sees problems as opportunities. Faith shrinks my problems because I'm not magnifying my problems. My problems will shrink when I magnify how big my God is. Stop telling your problems or stop telling God how big your problems are and start telling your problems how big your God is. That's all there is to it. Quit living in that place of undefeat or defeat. See, listen, number one, faith shrinks my problems. Listen, if impossible is not in God's vocabulary, it's not in mine. I choose to take my cues from Jesus. I choose to take my cues from the, the level of people that will respond in faith. Faith sees problems as opportunities. There was this boy's. He had a kite, and uh, Todd, he was a little three-year-old, and he was a boy from Rhode Island, and he had never flown a kite before. And him, his dad, uh, his dad actually had never flown a kite as well. And so they went down to the seacoast to, to fly a kite on a windy day, and uh, Todd, his, his dad, had a, or his, the, the boy Todd had, a, had a, 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 an unbelief about it, thinking, well, he had doubts that this kite was going to fly. Why? Because he had never seen a kite fly before. But his father, as they were walking down the trail to get to the beach, said to him, the kite will go up as planned. No doubt about it. The the kite, this boy, the dad had never seen a kite. He had never flown a kite. The boy never flown a kite. But his dad says to him, son, the the kite is going to fly like plan they get down to the beach and there they are they get the kite out and all of a sudden that gentle wind comes and they unravel the string and the the, the little boy all of a sudden the, the kite goes in the air and he's he's hanging onto the kite he's watching the kite he's in awe that man this is amazing the kite is flying and listen as it unraveled he watched the kite go up he looked over at his daddy and he said i knew it would fly daddy you said it would Is God the predominant voice in your life? Or is your problem the predominant voice in your life? If God says it, will he not accomplish it? If God speaks it, will he not perform it? God is not a liar. Man is the only one that lies. God is not a liar. God's word is true and every man a liar. He said the word that I declare will not become to me void, but it will accomplish everything that I've asked for it to accomplish. Listen to me this morning. Can you hear God saying that it will fly again? It will be accomplished again. Genesis eighteen fourteen says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Luke 1, says, for no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. I don't care what your church experience has been like. I don't care the prayers that you pray that you say have been unanswered. Listen to me God's word will never fail. Number two, faith opens the door for a miracle. Listen to me. Some people want a miracle but have never done anything to require it. In other words, Oh yeah, we want a miracle if we're sick in our body. I get that part. I'm talking about a mission for God. I'm talking about doing something ridiculous for him that requires faith. Faith opens the door for a miracle you might not experience a miracle because you're not doing anything that requires it and you're gonna get to the end of your life and your wish you coulda, woulda kind of thing's gonna set in on you and you've been sitting in a church pew and a church chair for 25, 30 years hearing the same message of, hey man, God is big. He is greater than your greatest fear and all you gotta do is step and when you do, he will open a door. Mark eleven twenty-two through 24 says, have faith in God. Have, have the God kind of faith. And Jesus answered, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. The law of faith is higher than the law of nature. In other words, what's your mountain? God's level of faith is higher. Matthew 13, 58 says, and he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of, of faith. Number three is this, faith moves God to act on my behalf. Now listen to me, this is not twisting God's arm. Here's why. When you are doing what God asks you to do, you can expect him to move on your behalf. God does exactly what you expect him to do in your life. This is not a twisting of the arm of God. This is your walking in God's plan, and God performs miracles in the middle of the journey as you're walking with him through faith and by faith. He, he begins to act on your behalf. Why? Because you are seeking him, and you are, you, are, you are going after his plan for your life. Matthew 9, 29 says, and then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. God acts and moves on our behalf, number four, when we see through the eyes of faith, faith unlocks all the promises of God. 7,000 promises, and the key that activates the whole thing is faith. Faith, seeing through God's perspective. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says this, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. We need a resounding yes in our spirit. We need a resounding yes in our hearts. We need a resounding yes in our life that says, God, whatever you promise will come to pass. There's 7,000 of them. So Matthew chapter 16, verse number 18 said, listen to me, revelation. This is when uh, Peter had had the revelation of who Jesus was. And Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. Behold, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In other words, he's saying, I put a key in your hand, and that key is faith. Faith is the key that unlocks the promises of God. So when God spoke to me almost eight years ago, Isaiah 43, 19, Behold, I will do a new thing. Shall it not spring forth in the, in the wilderness and in the dry land? Listen to me. I'm not looking. <clears throat> i got to be careful. i got to be careful. I will not entertain you. I'm sorry, I will not entertain you. I'm not looking to entertain a group of people. I'm looking for people that are willing to get bloody. I'm looking looking for people that are willing to get sweat a little bit. I'm looking for people that are willing to go through the grind. I'm looking for people that are not just interested in church attendance, but they come to church because this is what God asks us to do. We come to church as a gathering of his people. We forsake not ourselves together as we see the day approaching. Listen to me, I mean, it's, 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 it's everything going on around us. It's just so, uh, it's caused us to be so numb to the devastation in our own community. Oh, just another shooting in California. That's four or five more kids off the radar. Listen, these are real issues that's going on in our nation. Well, that doesn't happen around here. I've dealt with three suicides since I've been here in eight years of young people. You're like, it's only three. Are you kidding me? That's a destiny. In other words, faith Unlocks the promises of God. And we are going to be a church that has a resounding yes in our spirit to the promises of God, not your preference. Let me, come on, man. This is real talk. Preference, preference kills dreams. They preferred to go back to Egypt. I prefer not to go back to Egypt. I could care less about being addicted to alcohol again. I could care less about being addicted to drugs again. I could care less about having illicit relationships anymore. I could care less about everything that happened before my encounter with God. I don't want to go back to Egypt. And listen to me, you shouldn't either. You should thank your great God with a resounding yes that he brought you out of that stuff and put you on a mission. A resounding yes. And you know what? Say yes before he tells you what you're supposed to do. Have yes in your heart before he even tells us the next step. Yes, God, whatever it is, no matter what it is, yes. No matter what it looks like, yes. No matter what direction, yes. No matter who I have to talk to, yes. No how, no doesn't matter how much it's going to cost, yes. I'm already in. I bought in. I'm not trying to get in. There's no for sale sign in my yard. My life says sold to Jesus Christ, and I'm sold out for him. Why? Because he's done too much for me, for me to sit back and wonder at the end of my life, did I achieve everything he wanted me to achieve? And to bring as many people out of Egypt, out of hell, and into the kingdom, of heaven. Faith unlocks the promises of God. So do you have a yes in your spirit? Do you have a yes in your heart? Or do you have a bad report? Number five, faith turns God's given dreams into reality. My desire is to push you to believe God a little bit more this year in 2020. Let's believe God a little bit more this year. One thing our overseers told us, They were astonished at 6.4%, because what you don't understand is most portable churches do not last this long. What do you mean by that? The average growth in the American church today is 2.2%. A portable church, you don't see numbers that you see that we have in a portable setting at this stage of the game. Why is that? Well, there's many reasons. But I think one of the main reasons is because we've put so much stock in what this is supposed to look like. God told me when we started, it's not going to look like anything you've ever experienced before. Most of the time it's go portable, get a building. Get in a building, then once you do your building, then you build your building. I don't think God's, God, God is messing me up. Faith turns God given dreams into a reality, and my desire is that we would push a little bit more. Here's, here's my point this morning. Thank God for 6.4%. He said, Listen, you don't, you don't see growth like that in portable settings anymore. I said, Well, God said He would do a new thing. So, guess what? He's going to do a new thing. Why not? Why not now? Why not this year? Why not 2020? The year of perfect vision. Why not this year? Why not now that more people come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ than ever before? Guess what it's going to take? It's not going to take good messages from your pastor. It's going to take an on-fire church that believes there is a hell and there is a heaven and that Jesus set me free and that's something for me to talk about. At the doctor, at the marketplace, at the grocery store. We talked about aisle six a few weeks ago. Whatever, wherever you find yourself. Faith turns God-given dreams into reality. I was watching Evan Almighty on my trip. Anybody watch Evan Almighty? That's a crazy show. I love it. It's awesome. Builds faith. (coughs) It's the most ridiculous movie I've ever seen in my entire life. But the part that got me was I could I could I could the part that got me in this movie and you know I don't really cry at a lot of things <laughs> shut your face But this one I did it's when he goes outside and he finally realizes I can't get away from God I can't get away from this this calling you know, he comes downstairs the first day. He prays a prayer, God help me change the world. He goes downstairs and he falls over all of his ancient tools that he's about to use to build the ark. He goes this whole process, sheep sheep are in his back seat. He, there's bird crap all over him. I mean, the animals are chasing him to work. I mean, he's shaving his beard and it's coming back. I mean, it's crazy. It's radical. It's just wild. But the part that got me was when he finally realized he walks outside and there's a stack of wood there and he goes out and he's trying to figure out who in the world this is waking him up genesis at 6:14 in the morning and he goes out and god's sitting on the wood and he starts having this dialogue with god in this movie and he asks this question why did you choose me you know i'm a politician <laughs> I got a a purpose. I got a plan. I got got my plans. And God starts laughing at him. He goes, your plans? And he said, he said, the reason I chose you was because you prayed a prayer that you wanted to make a difference. And and God looks back at him. He said, you wanted to change the world? So do I. In other words, God's heart to change the world is even greater than your desire to make a difference. God God wants to use a group of people that have said a resounding yes. Ephesians 3.20 says this, that he'll turn your dreams. Now glory to be to God who, who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we ever ask, dare, or think of, dream of, Infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. I'll close with this. A.W. Tozer said it this way God is looking for people through whom He can do the impossible. What a pity that we plan only the things we can do by ourselves. Let me read that again. God is looking for people through whom He can do the impossible. What a pity that we plan only the things that we can do ourselves. Number six, faith gives me, when I see through the eyes of faith, faith gives me power to hold on in tough times. Listen, faith doesn't always take you out of the problem, but faith will always take you through the problem. Faith doesn't take you out of the problem. Faith takes you through the problem. Are there mountains in front of us? Absolutely. Are there things we're going to have to face? Absolutely. But I've already said yes. I've already said yes to his call. I've already said yes to his purpose. I've already said yes to however he wants to reach people. Second Corinthians 4, 8, and 9 says this, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Is that your faith level? Is that where you're at today? Is that where you're at today? Faith gives me power not to extract myself from the difficulty, but in the middle of the difficulty, the Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside still waters. And even though I walk through through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod. And your staff, they comfort me. And you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And my cup runs over. And surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We're going to walk through some valleys. But we're going to walk through them. I'm not asking God to take us out of them. I'm asking him to walk us through them. And there might be times where we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed is our declaration. We might be perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but we are never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Faith, faith forward. Faith is how you know God, John 3, 16. God loved the people of this world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone who has faith in him will have eternal life and never really die. Let this word, I know it's a lot, but let it lay a foundation in you today. My goal over now until the end of the year is to drive us a little bit deeper, challenge us a little bit deeper, to get us to where we're not viewing things from a one-dimensional standpoint, but realize God's at work. And in our heart of hearts, we're gonna say yes to whatever he has for us. We're gonna move in the direction. The Bible says this was Joshua's decree. Joshua said this, that God spoke to him and this, was jo- this is what Joshua said, at the, at, the, at the mention of the command to go, Joshua said, God, I've never been this way before. Do you realize going in places you've never been before requires faith? Doing things you've never done before requires faith. Some of you, it's just walking across the restaurant. Some of you, it's just meeting your neighbor. That's faith, you've got to, faith to go say, hello. My name's Jason, what's your name? And then all of a sudden begin to build a relationship with somebody. Faith, faith to move mountains, faith to unlock the promises of God, faith to move forward. So what's it look like to have faith? Do you have it? Is there a resounding yes in your spirit? Let's close our eyes this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for today. Lord, you're good, your mercy endures forever. Lord, I'm just gonna pray these principles over your people today. Can we all stand this morning? And I wanna pray over you today as a church, as a gathering, as his people, that what the new level looks like. Hear me, hear me. We're going to pray together, and I'm going to teach you over the next couple of weeks how faith is built. Some of you know faith built by hearing; faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I don't think you understand what that means, because whatever you're, whatever you hear, you're required to do. Faith is never activated at the hearing level; it's always acted at, activated at the doing level. So let's, let's that's where we're going to go. So let's just pray this morning. Just close your eyes. We're gonna pray this morning. I'm gonna pray these over you today. And Lord, I just ask Ephesians 1.18 over your people that they would have the eyes of faith, that they would have the eyes of their understanding enlightened today, that they may know, God, what is the hope of the calling that you placed on the inside of them. God, I pray today over them that they'll see with the eyes of faith and their problems will shrink because they're magnifying their God. That God today they will switch their mentality. They they will begin to worship you and praise you and and begin to take their dialogue from you. That God, if impossible is not in your vocabulary, God, I pray this morning that it would not be in ours. And so those problems, God, will become uh, grossly dim as we magnify you. I pray, God, that you would open doors of miracles as we step in faith, as we move in seeing from your vantage point, seeing what you would have to do in a region, what you would have to do in this area. That God, you would open the door. For a miracle, I pray today, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would act upon our behalf. Even as Jesus, as a, as a, uh, Jabez prayed, he said that you would enlarge our territory. I pray today, God, you would enlarge our faith that you would increase our faith today, that you would open the doors for miracles, that you would move on be- our behalf, that God, even as Jabez pray, that you would bless us indeed. Why? Because there's people that need to know you. Lord, I pray today that you that through faith, when we read the word, that something of a revelation would happen as we read the word. It would unlock the promises of God, that the revelation of God, that, that the key of faith would unlock the promises and activate the promises of God in our life. God, I thank you that, God, it's not our dream. You're turning your dreams into our reality in our world. It's your dream. It's your heart, it's what you wanna do. And so Lord, we have a resounding yes in our spirit today that whatever you say, whatever you do, wherever you go, we've already said yes. And God, I thank you that as we press forward in faith as Joshua did, as Caleb did, as they faced these giants, as many others in the word had to face a giant in order to enter the promised land and, and reap of their inheritance. Lord, today I thank you for faith to go through it. I thank you for faith to produce through it. That God, you never produce fruit on. On the mountaintop, you always produce fruit in the valley. And so, Lord, I thank you so much that as we walk through the valleys, as we walk through the difficult places, as we walk through the places of uncertainty, that faith would see us through. And at the end of it, the people, people, people that need to know you at a greater level would come to know you as Lord and Savior, that they would be water baptized, that they would give their lives to you, that they would be transformed, they would live a thriving, passionate life for you, God. I pray in the name of Jesus, that you would help us to see differently. Through eyes of faith today, may Real Life Church be a place where we see beyond the immediate in the thing that you're doing. I thank you for it today. In Jesus' name. If you're in this room today and you say, Jason, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I never knew it took faith. Yeah, it took faith in knowing what he's done. And what he's done for you is he died on the cross and he rose from the dead. So he became the bridge by which you can become a Christian. Become a Christ follower. Maybe today you've walked away from God. Today you want to make a decision to say yes. You, 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 want to, you want that resounding yes to go off in your heart today. And you want to say yes to Christ. If you're in this place, do me a favor. I want to pray for you. If you're in this place, would do me a favor and raise up your hand real quick. You say, I want to know Jesus. I want to make him the Lord of my life. Anybody, Anybody else say, I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Yeah, girl. Yeah, absolutely. I see you. Yeah, okay couple hands. Praise God. Praise God. Let's let's pray for these. Um, let's do this. Will you step out and come up here with me, please? Come on. If you raised your hand, come on up here. Come on. You're serious about this thing? Come on. Come on. Let me see. You took a lot of notes. So here, face me here this morning. Come on, just face me. We're going to pray with you this morning. Come on, everybody. The Bible says that when one person comes to know Jesus, all of heaven is rejoicing. So, can you too, Sean and Carol, can you come here? We're going to pray for them this morning. Father, I thank you for these that came today. Thank you, God, that they need to know you at a deeper level. Today, God, they're saying yes to you. And God, whatever your plan is for their life, but God, more importantly, I thank you today that their sins are forgiven. You said in your word that you washed them white as snow. God, I thank you today, just as Liz said this morning, there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. And today, Lord, you're going to set them free. And so, in Jesus' name, I ask both of you just to pray this out loud with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me. Thank you for raising from the dead. I believe in you. Come into my heart. Make me a new creature. Old things pass away. all things become new today I'm going to be what you want me to be I'm leaving Egypt I'm leaving sin I'm leaving bondage and I'm coming home in Jesus name amen amen come on give the Lord a big hand clap listen for you guys to go you two, real quick we got a couple just a little bit of information some things for you we want to get from you but uh, praise God for your decision today and the Bible says in 2nd Corinthians that all, uh, you become a new creature in Christ old things pass away all things become brand new you'll feel different your mentality will be different everything about life is going to get different because you now have the answer on the inside of you amen amen. We love you guys. Come on, give them a big hand clap real quick. Just have a seat right here just real quick for me. Come on, give them another big, come on, come on, give Jesus a big hand clap. So Lord, I thank you today for those that said yes. I thank you for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of more that are going to say yes to you, that are at the point of need, that are a point of breaking, at the point of needing freedom. I thank you for thousands that are going to come to know you as Lord and Savior. And God, whatever it takes to do that, that's what we'll do. And so we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app and online at livereallife.com.